Like a Mardi Gras, everybody party all day. No work, all play, okay? So we sip a little something, lay the rest to spill. Me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill. Nothing less than ill when we dress to kill. Every time the ladies pass, they be like, Hi, Will. Real sweet faces, every different nation. Spanish, Haitian, Indian, Jamaican. Black, white, Cuban, Haitian. I only That's came right. for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. This the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city. The I love when he's like talking about the diversity of women that he'll have sex with. You know, just like <laughs> I like them all. I, would, I can't. Yeah. I just I would literally bang anyone from anywhere. That was the first. I ain't got no type. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew because I used to think that he said Asian twice, <laughs> but he says Haitian once, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and then Asian. So it was cool that I got to like learn about a new <laughs> a new group of people from yeah. that song. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. What's poppin'? On the ones and twos, the last white dragon, the 2021 meat cake champion, the sauce lord of Indianapolis, Zach. Hey there. <laughs> and a very special guest with us. It's, I just want your intro to get so long <laughs> and ridiculous that the the, the uh, guest is just like, what is this guy again? <laughs> I do feel like it's kind of like a Khaleesi situation. Yeah, did he guy. say white dragon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that it was it was, it was was white dragon. And also Thad got Thaddeus J. McKee. He got last name and middle initial. And then you just got Zach. And then instead of like saying like, you were just like, hey. And then we moved on. And all together, that was funny. And a very special guest with us in studio, uh, comedian and professional broadcaster, Willie Griswold. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, and also sorry that I talked twice before you said my name. Oh, no, no, no. Is that a rule? I feel like it's usually a rule. You this wait. This is the tiger belly. Yeah, you know, I feel like you wait until the name gets said, and then I was just chiming in early on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't no. mean to mess up your guys' system you have going on over no, here. No, that's not the system. No, our system is, is uh, way looser, especially when we have comedians on. When we have... So this podcast, we'll either have comedians on or we'll have service industry people on. So it really, we're still figuring out, is it a comedy podcast about the service industry mm-hmm. or is it a service industry podcast that gets silly? We're not quite sure. But depending on, we've had, you know, some normal, like normal folk beyond and they'll just wait for the intro and they'll want to do some and they just look there like, like deer in headlights. <laughs> it's just like, hey man, you can talk, whatever, like, <laughs> jump in. Uh, I do want to do a shameless plug before we get going and oh, say shit. that I will be competing in India's Funniest at Helium Comedy Club this Tuesday, the 27th, 8 o'clock. Please come out and support if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of uh, Dyke Michaels. I don't know who that would be. But uh, if you want to come out, um, it's really cool. And this is the last round of the the last day of the first round. of, And it's audience partici- uh, participation. So please come out and help me. That'd be great. And uh, now on with the... No booing. No booing, please, if you get a boo. There's security guards out there. Oh, yeah. Alex Price said he got my back. You yeah, he, d- he did. Alex Price said he would cover someone in honey, cigarettes, and change and throw them out to the, the hobos <laughs> if they boo. Like, I was like, that's a crazy chum. <laughs> like a hobo chum. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just prepared. Like, this is work. <laughs> just roll over to sticky... 
uh, Insights cannibalism immediately <laughs> on the Market Street. <laughs> it's, it's not homo. It's bear. It's bears like honey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's not a lot of bears in downtown. Well, Indy. I think the honey brings like this is sweetness, and the cigarettes got it, and got the it, got change it. like it, it attracts homeless got it, people. Got it. So it's like a homeless. Chum. And it also helps the honey is sticky, so it helps with the change. Yep. You put hun- yeah. you rub change on a guy, it's gonna fall right off. Get a little honey on there, it'll yeah, stick. stick. You know? Hobo It's yeah. like a, it's like a dredge, if you will. It is. Food term. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever do this like I have this sweaty guy problem where like sometimes you get a bed without a shirt or pants on, but there's change loose in your bed, mm-hmm. and then you wake up and you take a couple steps and all of a sudden the change falls off of you. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember how that happened? Yeah. How much changes in your bed, by the way? Well, That's, I didn't want to like. I don't want to call you out there, but you know, there's. It depends day to day. <laughs> depends on what's going on. Uh, I got a king size bed, so I don't worry about what's going on on this half of it. Humble sure. brag. It just look, look, guys. Uh, a king size bed <laughs> with po- a lot of change in it. <laughs> this podcasting is going pretty good, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we laughed in the face of COVID. Now I got a big bed, and I have at least seventy five cents in that bed. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, saving up for your next king size bed. Uh, wait, welcome to the program. You were talking about... Or, okay, so this is fun because uh, when we have a theme, sometimes I really try to zero in on the guest and hit a theme that I'm like, this really represents this person, mm-hmm. I really think. And then sometimes it's just like, this person's just going to have to roll with whatever we're doing today. Sure. She let so him guess. I knew that you were born in Miami. Well, I'm born in Indy, but then weird, messy divorce, and then I spent a lot of time in Miami growing up. Okay. So it's perfect. I didn't know that. That was just a coincidence. I heard you say that earlier, and I was like, perfect! No, it's It great. all ties in together. Well, and then the funny thing is, we watched Bad Boys 2 while we were eating lunch, and when I was a kid, there was a period of time where our route to school had to change. For like two weeks, they were filming a scene in Bad Boys 2. Yeah. Oh, and so I, I've always had this weird, yeah, Bad Boys 2 was filmed in the neighborhood. Group. No big deal. No big deal. I always thought it was so. So when that was playing, I was like, this is perfect. Was it the coffin dropping scene? I don't know. I was trying to figure it out. I think it's there's like a scene halfway through where they're like chilling at like an abandoned lot by a house. And I remember being like, okay, I think I kind of recognize that street sign there, like looking for hints. It was not, I mean, that scene in Bad Boys 2 where they're chasing like a morgue on wheels, basically, and all these dead bodies. Are falling out of the back of a truck. You like see movies that like they show boobs or they show guns. Like multiple people get shot in the face and you see a bullet go through their face. Yeah, and it's like wow, that's a little too much. And then they do the dead bodies falling from a truck and body bag. You're like, this movie should never be seen. Yeah. Also, that movie's on TBS like twice a week. So how do they edit that out? Right, the nude bodies. Insane. And why are they allowed to show the new bodies <laughs> falling out of the coffins? It's just insane. And then it reminded me of the Tim Robbins in the new episode of I Think You Should Leave the New Season. The other thing, people think coffin drop ain't a real show because we show their bodies, but they ain't got no soul. And you're like, oh, this thing yeah. is so crazy. That's why they put it in a comedy show. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's not that crazy. They put it in Bad Boys too. Yeah. They stole that joke. That's hilarious. They cannot show their bodies because they don't have souls. It would, dude, that scene Hardest is so... Line. Well, here's the other thing. Also, like, those... Probably were like real people's dead bodies, at least in one part of the shot. I assume that a lot of it was like a prop that looks like a dead person. But how would you like to be like the prop manager that's like, yeah, I have to make a fake dead body <laughs> that's going to fall out of a truck? So weird, dude. Joke. Willie. Or be the actor that's like, hey, mom, I, I made it in Bad yeah. Boys 2. Oh, what do you, what do you get to play? Uh, I'm the naked dead body that drops out at uh, hour 48. Or I'm the large-breasted model <laughs> who dies and Martin Lawrence has to hide next to my massive fake boobs 
I mean, it's just Do so... Do we get to see your face? Mostly my tits. Quite briefly, it's just boobs. It's your dead boobs. And it's next to Martin Lawrence, and everybody's having a great time. Everybody everybody's laughing. I feel like if... So, I feel like this came out at a time where there was, like, this arms race, because, like, the... I think the first uh, Matrix sequel had come out. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, everything was like, well, shit, they're flying over buildings and jumping. You know, like, we really got to jack up these action sequences. Do you know the Will Smith connection to Matrix? That Will Smith was supposed to be in the Matrix yeah. and turned it down to make Wild Wild West? Yeah. <laughs> Which is so crazy to ever think about. Right. To think Neo is, is actually supposed to be Will Smith. What do you mean? He's still an icon. I don't Neo's think the that Fresh Prince. Could him yeah. being in Matrix made him any more famous? Because he's already like the most famous person no. in the world. I don't think it would have changed that much. Mm-hmm. I think it would have changed Keanu's life if he hadn't been in it. Exactly. Right. You're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu got to get bigger, and Will Smith just kept would, getting bigger. Keanu would not have been in Ali Wong's movie. No. <laughs> yeah, he would have. He would have got that part. <laughs> Keanu I, was in Ali Wong's movie. Yeah, his, his newest. He's he played himself. Okay, cool. That's that's how you know you made it, like in acting, where you're playing yourself sure. in another movie. Also, the weird part of dumb in the back of my brain was like, that's crazy. I did not know Ali Wong made the John Wick movie. That is, so, <laughs> that is wild, so dude. So Three of them. She is all over the place. <laughs> So okay, so you you you're between Indy and Miami. Yes. Uh, where you where do you go like high school at? High school in Indy. Everything okay. after fourth grade is in Indy. Okay. Back so to I the wasn't day. there for that long, but it was like enough. When you're a kid, uh, there's certain parts of living in Indiana that's like very boring. You know, like there's no beach here. Let's just mm. say that is a one thing. So when yeah. you're a kid and you get a move to a place where there's a beach, awesome. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. And then and then you come back here and you're like mm, corn. There's, but dude, Indiana rocks. I don't know. I always loved Indy growing up. There's no beach. That would be the one thing that would make it way better here. Yeah. We, well, we had R.I.P. Indiana Beach. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Did not make it through. Didn't make it. Th- we didn't make it through COVID. So, did uh, Indiana Beach die out because of COVID? Well, no, it died out right before COVID. Oh, man. I feel like, I feel like COVID kind of buried that story, though. Zach, were you going to, you like leaned into the mic like you had something to say about Indiana Beach? I don't know. I think I did. I'll, okay. I'll come up with it later. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> Indiana Beach was a great place to go when you're a teenager and you're able to drive, but you didn't have to have parent supervision. That's like by Gary, right? That's on like the shores of Lake Michigan. Am I right when I say that? Monticello, Indiana, right? Okay. Yeah, by beautiful Lake Schaefer. Lake yeah. <laughs> we, we all heard the ad, okay? There's more than corn in Indiana. <laughs> I, I hate that that takes up so much real estate in my brain. Where I just like these old ads from like the eighties and nineties, where yep. I'm just like, that's where the math should live, you know, like that's mm-hmm. where the Pythagorean theorem should be. But you just remember that there's free soda at Holiday World. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all you have. <laughs> just remember the the diamond diamond commercial, the chain company commercial, chain company. Just eat some nine sixty zero. Hey, grown. Hey, you have a friend of the diamond business. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just like a Manchurian candidate. Uh, <laughs> were you were you like a like acty? kind of kid like drama totally yeah i loved like weird little acting classes when i was in miami i took uh tap dancing classes with my friend ethan we were the only two boys in tap dancing class and third i did not think into it at all i just loved it yeah i was always like doing like little you know play camp where you go to a place for a week and then you meet all the kids and you like write your own play and it's super oh, weird that's awesome yeah you get to make all the props together love that kind of stuff that's great dyke did something with camp Oh my god! It's, 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 well, first of all, you can't get, the, get the drops right. <laughs> oh god, it producer! He didn't, he didn't even finish it. No. I thought he was going to be like at least like finish your layup. <laughs> finish it up. Like, you know. Every single so, time Black Birthday comes up, like, oh I feel gosh. like it's a different button I push. Save Black Birthday for when Chris King comes because his birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, his oh. birthday is tomorrow. But 
Is that like a happy birthday? Yeah. Happy yeah. It's supposed to be a horn that shoots off when uh, Dyke tells a camp story. Horn. There it is. Oh, hey. You he finished the layup. That was a Gotta get your rebound. That was the best. Yeah, that was a, he got his, caught his own rebound, maybe. Are you a camp guy? Uh, I worked at I worked at a summer camp uh, off and on for like the better part of a decade. Yep, I did only five years, but yeah, I love my summer camp growing up in northern Indiana. It's the greatest. But that's how that's where I got all my kind of acting. When I was a little kid, I think one time, uh, when I was a little kid, they my uh, friend played little league, and the, they had this uh, parade that went by my house where like the whole league marched in their groups and then their uniforms and like waved banners and stuff. And back in the 90s, like, there was nothing else to do. Like, that was the coolest shit ever. I was like, there's a parade just went down the street. And I was like, I want to do that. And they're like, you want to play baseball? And I was like, I, I want to be in that parade. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, like, I signed up the next year to be in baseball. And I hated baseball. I hated every part of it. And they were like, you wanted this so bad. I was like, I just wanted the parade part. <laughs> so anytime I asked to do anything after that, it was always like, are you sure? So I was like, I wanted to be an actor. And they were just always like, oh, we don't want to spend good money for you to do that and quit yep exactly uh so but yeah i got i got a lot of that stuff at camp but like i feel like you can kind of zero in on people like this guy's he's, he's been doing some stuff well also all my friends like make fun of me there's like hey you need a you're 28 years old you need to stop telling stories about summer camp when you're a kid and i'm like no camp's the greatest it's so fun yeah it'll never happen i have grown-ass men come up to me like to the point like i've had one time i was at a party i mean i grew up a uh, catholic i worked at a catholic church mm-hmm. and um I was at a party and there was this priest and like Catholic priests drink, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like I felt guilty drinking beer in front of this priest. I don't know why. Just a weird Catholic where I was just like, he's going to know everything wrong I've ever done. And he's going to like looking at me and just kind of, I feel like he's judging me and like, he just keeps staring at me. And then finally he comes over and he's like, your name Dyke? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he goes like, dude, you were my camp counselor. Oh, really? Like, Remember when we froze the silverware? And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, Wait, what was freezing the silverware? Was that like a special game or something? No, we did like a prank. We froze like all oh, the silverware. silverware at camp. Yeah. That's, That's a smart prank. No, uh, they weren't too happy about it. <laughs> when, when groups of kids are eating cereal with like giant sliding spoons and in getting the frostbite, yeah, <laughs> run into somewhere through the through the dishwasher. Camp was like the place where like people did like the most horrific things, like because some people were still trying to make a name for themselves. Like they would like they would like like hey eat like eat the the slop. Like there was like a little drain of food that like when you're cooking in the kitchen, and you would just see this like brown water that was all everybody's food, and then people would drink. It just to get like laughs. They do it in front of the whole like, hey guys, ding 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 ding. Yeah. Uh, Brian's gonna go up in front of everybody and drink this nasty slop, gross out stuff. Yeah, okay. we didn't have that in the kitchen, but we did. There was this great. It's not a sketch, but we do these opening and closing campfires. So like everyone gets together at the amphitheater and like you sing songs together. Yeah, and the counselors do these like skits together. And the one skit that I always wanted to do when I was a camper that I got to do when I was a counselor, it's called the blender or like blendomatic five thousand or whatever silly name you get it. And two people walk out, and then one person walks out kind of like a robot, and the other person has a tray of just whatever the kitchen wanted to give you. So you'd get, like, a thing of peanut butter and some orange juice concentrate <laughs> and some honey and a raw egg and, like, some Kool-Aid mix or whatever. And they would they would add it to the blender, which would be me, and they're putting it into my mouth. Oh. 
and they say blender close and then oh, you shut gosh. your mouth and then you mm, you like blend it all up in your mouth and then you spit it out into a cup yeah. and then the other person drinks it and people lose their minds oh, yeah. and it's gross but when I was a kid I was like I want to be that person so bad because I want to get that reaction the human blender it murdered every single time I, I should like put it into my act now it's so yeah. good yeah. it's such a crowd pleaser yeah, yeah. people love the human blender man yeah they had, they had this bit when I was when I was a counselor where the, the thing is supposed to be you have someone over your house and uh, like a guest over to your house and you're preparing like a sandwich for them and they're just being very rude and that they put um, dirt inside your peanut butter sandwich or whatever. Mm. And like that's the whole bit. But we did it with two people. So it was two women and two guys. And so so we're the... We're the guests that are being rude, and I so I just it, it, this was just there was no kids there. This is just staff, mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I'd be funny if we're just like over the top, like misogynist, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah, get, get in there, honey, make me a sandwich, and blah blah. Oh, no. And so like, but we like, we have our back turned. Like, I know I'm supposed to eat like a dirt sandwich at this, so I want it to pay off, you know. So I'm just like, how do I make myself be the biggest <laughs> heel? And so I'm saying all this stuff, but it's the beginning of pre camp, and so like uh, there's like. A hundred staff members that like they, some people don't even get that it's a skit. Yep, they think that I'm just sitting here just saying these horrible things that we're like, why is he talking like that to women? I'm just and I think since I at one point I said something like women can't live with them, can't shoot him in the face. Like, like it was like over the top, and so behind my back, the two the two counselors that are preparing the dirt pie are like showing it to everyone and everyone's like wooing and I'm just, you know, playing like I don't know. What I didn't know is that she grabbed some mulch too. Just like chunks of like wooden mulch. Oh. And so like what I the first bite I get is like peanut butter and dirt. The second bite I get is just like a, a big splintery wood. piece of wood. Yeah. And I'm just like and so now and like the crap they're losing their shit. Everyone's just like, ah look at you he said he said bad things and now he's dying and I'm like, I'm actually dying. This <laughs> has <laughs> not gone well. You're, I like that you even have like the presence of mind to be like, I'm a heel. Look, yeah. I like professional wrestling. This is what we're doing. You're in the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you can do those kind of sketches at that camp anymore. I don't know. I don't know what still flies and what doesn't. Well, now that I'm like a, a comedian, like <laughs> I get that that's like comedic. That's a pretty cheap joke if you're being honest. Just to be like, yeah, we're gonna make someone eat something kind of gross. And you probably could write something that's better than that or be wittier than that. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything funnier than stuff that's kind of gross. There's something so dumb and guttural about it. It's great. I don't know. I that's that's how I translated all my kid humor was just into, like, farts and gross yep, stuff. Absolutely. Just like, hey, poop's gross. Am I right, guys? And they're, mm-hmm. like, high-fiving each other like, this right. guy gets it. Like, Dude, gets poop it. is gross. He knows it. <laughs> he yeah. brought it up. He's the first to say it. <laughs> he gets the struggle. <laughs> Uh, did you move to, you said you were lived in Chicago for a while. Did you move? Was that after, was that for college? Yeah. So I was at college in Boulder, but I was just like very bad at school there. I wasn't good. So then I transferred to Columbia college, Chicago. And I got like, I, I was finally like studying something that I gave a shit about. So I was like getting good grades for the first time in my life. And then I got a degree at Columbia college, Chicago. And then I went to grad school at DePaul up there as well. Oh, nice. Both like comedy degrees, both doing stuff at second city and I was there for about five years, and it's the best. I love it so much up there. Oh, how long were you at Second City for? I So I did my undergrad degree. I had one semester at Second City, so that's like every day from like 9 to 5, you're in the building. And then I got this degree at DePaul, which had... Uh, Wait, so you have a degree in comedy? I have a degree in comedy writing and performance, and then I have a degree in screenwriting with a comedy concentration, which is like very lame and dumb. And I silly, didn't even know that was an option. No. Yeah, no. Okay, that's crazy. Well, the second one, the master's one, that was literally the first year it was ever available. Wow. I like finished school and I was applying to jobs at like 
wait, wait, don't tell me, and like any sort of comedy writing job, and like getting turned down. And I was just like, maybe it'd be better if I had another degree, which is not something you ever needed comedy. Yeah. No one ever thinks that you need a degree in being funny. He didn't learn enough. No, yeah. <laughs> like you're, you, you hit mics, you do the damn thing. And so I have two pretty useless college degrees, but it's not like me ever having that degree will help me get a comedy job, but I got to meet a lot of people that were like-minded. I got to meet a lot of me, like my friends that, that studied comedy, like the same kind of stuff as me. So it, it's great in a sense that you get to lead, meet a lot of people and it like justifies living in Chicago, which is like one of the best comedy cities, if not the best comedy city to start in. Uh, so it was, it was really good, but it's not like me having a college degree in comedy is ever going to give me an edge up yeah. over anybody. <laughs> it just helped me to live in that city and to meet like-minded people, which is great. How? Well, just give me, give me a couple uh, example memories from being being on stage at uh, Second City. What that was experience was like. Um, so I never did any. I like auditioned for Second City for a tour company and for a house company. I got denied both times, and those auditions took place in February of 2020. So my mm. favorite thing is to be like, yeah, you know, I auditioned in uh, you know February 2020, then COVID, without telling people <laughs> that I didn't get, like, without telling people that I got denied, like straight up being like, yeah, what happened to COVID? But then like people in my you know class or whatever you want to call it, people that graduated conservatory the same time as me, like they did get house company and they did get to or go. So I do like, oh no, they just didn't want me. <laughs> but it's much easier to just blame COVID yeah, for those kind of things. I love that. Uh, but it was cool. It's, uh, doing the um, conservatory show is great. You you run. You write a show for eight weeks and then you do it every Monday for four weeks. And that's just like so fun. You feel like you do a show on the main stage of Second City and then you go across the street and you drink at Old Town Ale House and you feel like you're a Second City performer for a little bit. Yeah. And then you remind yourself like, oh, I'm not getting paid. In fact, I'm paying <laughs> to do this. Yeah. And then uh, the same thing with like the, the comedy studies semester. It's just, you're just, you get to be in that building every day. And like you see, you know, Chris Farley's on the wall and you get to watch like the Chris Farley, like my favorite sketch, the van down by the river, the mm -hmm. whatever that's called, Matt Foley, motivational yeah, speaker. Sure. They did a version of that at Second City before it was on SNL. And Bob Odenkirk plays the dad and Tim uh, Meadows is the brother or whatever it is. So like watching that sketch before it was that sketch wow. is awesome. It's a, it's a really, really cool place. Uh, I've always said like when we talk, because there's always kind of this uh, – fake uh, rivalry between stand-up and improv mm -hmm. where uh, they always bust each other's balls. But, like, for improv for me, I just always think it's a thing where it's just, like, it's so rough until it's that top two, until it's, like, wait, wait, don't tell me, or until it's, uh, or, I mean, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Whose line is it? Anyway? Whose line? Yeah. yeah. Like whose line or Second City? Like then it's like masterful to watch. It's, it's great. But like, man, is it rough watching every other tier of that? And I think the thing for me is like why it's rougher than watching like a shitty open mic is because it's a group sport. So it's watching like five to seven people bomb or however many people or four people bomb. And it's like you all have to work so well together for, for it to work that it's like really cringy to me. Well, and also most of the bad improv people see is like what's basically a bringer show. Mm -hmm. It's like at the end of your class and like you have eight people in your class or whatever and you each need to try to get two or three friends to come out. It's like watching your like niece's ballet recital. Yeah. Like they're literally, they're all that new. And unless you're, you're always going to say, oh, my friend was the funniest one in the group. Yeah. Because you think your friend is funny, you know? Yeah. Just like... If I showed you a video of my little sister's ballet recital, I would love it because she's my little sister. But you guys would be like, that eight-year-old girl can't dance for shit. You <laughs> yeah. know, like you don't know her, so you don't yeah. care. And that's why I feel like improv is bad. But improv can be so damn good. It's great. I mean, once it's good, it, it's amazing. Like mm -hmm. I remember going to Second City and being like, 
wow because like i love you know like comedic plays and sketch i'm a big fan of sketch comedies i used to steal sketches from uh the show the state and take them to the camp that i worked at totally and be like can we rework this a little bit and it's like the first sketch that i ever did when i was in a show that was at second city not a second city Purdue show it's just <laughs> me and these kids at columbia that you know we, we we had to sell out the first week and we got like four weeks of stage time whatever it was we did a sketch show, and one of the first sketches that I ever wrote for it was a version of a camp sketch. Mm. Do you know the sketch? Uh, it's the Ruby May Begonia. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's like two guys that are, they have the same girlfriend as this girl, Ruby May Begonia, and they're figuring it out at the same time. And she has one leg, and her eye blinks, <laughs> and it's all these sort of defects that so, oh, no, this must be the exact <coughs> same person. It's yeah. not just coincidence. And then the punchline is like, and she's from Kansas City, and one person says Missouri, and the other person says Kansas, and it's like, oh, thank goodness, not the same girl. And I just directly stole that, and I put it in a sketch, <laughs> but I made it about a hipster guy in Logan Square. Uh, I mean, literally, you're, I'm just stealing stuff from camp yeah. and bringing it to performance. I didn't know what else to do. I think that's what, you know, like, like when, when, when I was, like, 18, we would make these, like, movies. Like, we'd get together and watch, like, wrestling, and then after wrestling, we'd like make a movie with no like we'd figure out the plot on the fly and it was just we were just directly stealing jokes from adam sandler movies and just like whatever it was like i'll say this because this was funny in a movie like i feel like a lot of comedy starts off that way it is you know? funny because like because well, when you're in high school like you're you can only draw off those experiences that you were watching as a kid like i remember we did super troopers like in front of like the, the stadium because like people would come out to like a show that we threw out and so we had to steal from Super Troopers. Like, you have to steal when you're a younger kid. Yeah, because you're stupid. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Dude, when I started stand-up, I was, like, 22. And one time, I had this joke that was, like, really dark. It was about, like, our, our friend passed away. And, like, everyone at this party where I was doing stand-up was, like, in the friend group. So they would have known. So it mm. wouldn't have been. F and so I remember I was, like, oh, shoot. I shouldn't do this joke. And my friend gave me, like, the don't do it wave. Like, you know, like. Uh, his hand over his neck or whatever. And so I switched, and I just stole a Pete Holmes joke. It was like well, <laughs> the second time I'd ever done stand up, and I just straight up stole a Pete Holmes joke in front of everybody. Yeah. It was, yeah, you, you literally, you don't know what else to do, so oh, you just wow. steal something. And yeah. it's not like I do it anymore. Sure. I've never been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Never been paid on a show, and then I just start, start so doing Willis nice try to try say, the devil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will and say, just steal anything and everything. <laughs> no, when you All start. All my jokes. When you start, what else can you do? When yeah. you're a kid, yeah. There, there, there's like an age limit where it's like inappropriate. Uh, when I when I when I worked at camp, we would have a, a talent show night, and it was me and two other counselors. And one of the counselors had this whole Mitch Hedberg bit that he knew like word for word. And so he would just every week he would do it. Every week it crushed. I mean, it, he's doing Hedberg, so it's like he's crushing in front of like fifteen year old kids. And it's just like, watch, he's gonna go do it. And then uh, one time he had to rotate out. So I had to do it. And I was so like, now I'm doing, and I never actually heard the bit. I never actually heard the original <laughs> bit. So I'm copying his bit, his you're, version of it. You're doing an impression of an impression. I'm an impression yeah. of an impression. Yeah. And then last week it was uh, my friend Kelly. And now she's doing an impression of impression impression. And it's just like, she gets there and is like, how come sometimes bananas are red, they're sometimes they're green? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but this one's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I like escalators because whenever they break down, they're just stairs. <laughs> just a bunch of thirteen-year-olds that have no idea that you're doing huh? something else. What? Yeah, man, I love that. And I definitely when we did, we have like a talent show night at camp too, and that was like the first time I ever hosted a comedy show. 
And yeah. it's not a comedy show, but it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. You're going up there. The, the one cabin's not ready, so you have to kill time in between acts, and you're yeah. making fun of your other counselors yep. and stuff. Putting together, like, the, the musical, because there was always, like, a musical component. and Yeah. Uh, mine was, like, religious, so there had to be, like, a prayer in there somewhere. I, was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care about that. All, all, all of our <laughs> skits were, York yucks. All of our skits, like, we, all we could steal from was the Bible. Like, we went to Christian <laughs> camps. All right, I'm going to play Jesus, uh, and I'm going to push over these tables, and you guys are going to scream, all right? But, like, really sell it this time. My game was like Catholic, so it was like you would sing a song about Jesus, and the next song would be about diarrhea. Like it was well, yeah, like, yeah. like we have to make it fun for the kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what do kids like? Oh, they like poop. <laughs> turns out kids love diarrhea, <laughs> and it turns out they're way more uh, willing to listen to the story of the Good Samaritan if there's diarrhea right. involved. Yeah, it really helps. So there's this guy on the side of the road. He has shit all over. Himself. Yeah, he's got, he's got poop. <laughs> Poops everywhere. Poop, poop everything. Priest walks by, doesn't care. Yeah, that's. I, yeah. I would just do the whole bit. <laughs> I remember, God, this was probably in the this was probably in the early two thousands, but did not age well. But they had a, they decided to have it like one of the uh, areas, the activity areas was Native American culture. Yep, and it would be taught by just whoever was there, like the whatever eighteen year old. Ki- Kid. I'm scared where this is going. And I just remember this. I remember this white dude with long hair took it real seriously. And there was like a group of like <laughs> second grade girls, and like they're just supposed to look. It wasn't the best idea, but the idea is like you go there and you make a headdress or whatever you're supposed to make. You get out of there. They tell you like a nice little Native American story. <laughs> that's it. It wasn't great, but that's what it was. But he gets all these girls, and he's like, "We took their land. You guys know that, right? We took their land." <laughs> And we killed them. <laughs> like, oh, and these little girls are crying. And they're like, can we give them the land back? He's like, no, they're all dead. They're girls, all dead. Girls, if you think that's bad, you're not going to want to hear about syphilis blankets. No, girls. You sit down. You listen to this. You yeah, know, that's terrible. You can't. We'll do it at our camp. Next all week, we're going to do the Tuskegee experience. <laughs> <laughs> Who's teaching us about the Tuskegee experiment? Oh, it's going to be Chad. It's <laughs> like white 17-year-old waving. He's wearing boat shoes. We at our camp, all the the cabins are named after Native American tribes. So, like, I was always Mohawk cabin was my favorite cabin, mm-hmm. and there was Comanche and Cherokee and Cheyenne. And I listened to this like NPR piece that like explains why that's so a part of camp culture. And like the Boy Scouts used it forever ago, and it's supposed to be this like return to respecting the land. Mm-hmm. And but it's just not. It's it's so. I don't know. If I started a camp tomorrow, yeah, which is something that I would love to do, uh, I wouldn't go with the Native American tribe names for the cabins. It's it's a little wild, man. Like a little girl being like, "I'm a Comanche." Yeah, you know, that's yeah. Like you, you're forcing people to do uh, Native American face. Yeah, like immediately. Like that's like going to a like a camp in in like let's say Atlanta, and then like there's like all these different like. Gang tribes. Oh no! <laughs> there was this. Uh, <laughs> that is a brutal bit. That is a brutal bit. I don't know. And I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There was this play. This we had this thing called pageant, and it was this play that these counselors in the back of the '60s had written, and they were just, I'm sure, well-meaning, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. They're like. We should write it, and again, it was like 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 we should write this really respectful play about Native Americans, and they just made up some Native Americans and made up a bunch of stuff about them, and then they would reenact this play every year with just like all white people and headdresses. Yeah, pretty cool stunts. <laughs> pretty cool stunts. I gotta lie, there was there were some cool pyrotechnics that involved, 
But like eventually, like a couple years ago, I was like, "Do you guys still do pageant?" They're like, "Oh no, yeah." Oh, I didn't put the kibosh on that. It's like Bad Boys too. It's like the action is great, <laughs> but there's some parts where there's just a dead body falling off the highway. It looks a little weird nowadays. But surely they've still got like the programs for old ones, old pageants past. Could we get one of those and perform it ourselves? Uh, I bet we could. I don't think it's gonna be as funny as you think it's gonna be. <laughs> Uh, well, this, this is deeply, deeply offensive. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. Has <laughs> been a guest who's just come on and had a really good time, and it oh, yeah. kind of became like a middle aged hangout, like mm-hmm. like uh, <laughs> a middle aged tree cl- tree club tree uh, tree house. Uh, but like, so Chris Chris was on, and then Zach was on, and then we were having Bridget, and I was like, "Look, we have this like." chef coming on like this young chef like i really want to like impress her like when i like i comedians i don't care you think i'm funny whatever like but like when chefs come on i'm just like did you like the food or yeah like uh is everything good for you you know and um so this was right at the beginning of covid when people were still kind of like we're like making fun of it you know and like like i remember going i remember one of the last times i was on stage i was just like I hope these people, these people were heckling, and I was like, I hope you get COVID and die. And, like, or spraying down the mics as a joke. Like, yeah. Oh, this is funny. So he decided to make, like, a drink that it was, a, it was supposed to be a healthy drink to help you, your immune system, and it was had a, a floater of a pill of B12 in it. Oh, no. And right. so it had the worst optics ever. Yeah. And so they we were handing it to this, 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 this woman who's never met us before, and she comes <laughs> over and literally <laughs> walks in the door. I'm pretty sure I was calling her the wrong one. I was calling her Beth. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, she got here, and I was like, how you doing? She's like, I'm Bridget. And I was like, that's right. And I was like, her name's not Beth. Her name's not Beth. And then Chris King comes out with a drink with a floating pill in it for her. <laughs> Here's a drink. It's called a Cosby. A little bit of fun. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> and uh, with that, luckily we won her over after that. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't that dog barking part hi and welcome back to the heart of brunch podcast uh, this really has become the uh, the Will Smith Will Smith Day, and I like it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I uh, Will Smith has always been a hero of mine. A, he's a guy named Will. He's a song about Miami. What more can I want? <laughs> I remember one time. This one time when I was at camp, they were playing uh, they were playing the Wild Wild West song, and I didn't mean to turn around, and I gave a finger gun to somebody across the way at the same time that the gunshot goes off in the song, and they were like, "Oh my god, that's so cool." <laughs> That, 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 uh, Dyke, you did that thing with a finger gun in the wind. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I definitely mean to do that on purpose. 
Oh my god! I okay. I gotta stop with the camp story. I feel like you're bringing them out of me. I'm bringing them out of you. We're we're enabling each other. I, I really had no idea that this was the direction, but I'm <laughs> I'm here for it. I love. I can talk about my old summer camp all day. It's my favorite thing in the whole world, and it, it puts people off. And I'm very sorry about it. No, you guys have a very strange connection in that way. <laughs> I didn't think that there would be another person that would. It's it's it, any anybody that's ever worked at a camp, yeah. either. Either it's they have a million stories and they can't shut up about it, or something really bad happened to yes. them at that camp and yeah. they, they hate camp. Mm-hmm. They're afraid. There's of no it. middle ground. There's no like I worked at a camp for two summers. It was all right. You know, it's like you're either totally a camp person yeah. or you don't you don't even get it at all. It's like this weird alien thing. Wait, People so all it. three of us have worked at a camp. Yeah, you worked at a camp. You worked at a camp. You know what it's like to get there before everybody and then just just mess around. <laughs> what? What? what were you doing? <laughs> well, you know, I, my Christian camp was like pretty interesting. Like, like we would we would get together, like we would like smoke cigars before the kids came. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like, we, didn't, we didn't have that at all. That was like that, I, that was like the first like oh cigars. Like, is this what we like? Do? You would like sneak around in the woods, or it was like a group bonding activity that everyone was supposed to do. It, it felt like a group bonding activity. That's wild, yeah. Ours, we could not do that at all. They would have gotten in a lot of trouble. No, I think we weren't supposed to be doing it. <laughs> um, I was like, this isn't this isn't in the Bible. <laughs> I definitely dated a lot of girls that were so far out of my league. At uh, camp because of camp. Yes, a hundred percent. Like the nerdiest parts of you got to shine. And made you cool. No, no, you know people are just like, yeah, I'm an Indiana eight, but I'm a Chicago five, or yeah. whatever. I'm a New York four, yeah. or whatever it is. I'm a Camp ten. I am a, everyone. <laughs> everyone at camp is yeah. a Camp ten. Yeah, yeah. Camp, you start at ten. It's where you get to be you your coolest self. You start at Camp rules, dude. You can be the coolest person in the whole world. No one knows what's like, going even, on. Even with crutches, kid over there, like like with the long hair, like like shining back, like oh, like. <laughs> In real life, it's like, oh, that kid, we're going to have to yeah. hold the door for him take his time. And at camp, it's like, what the hell did oh, he like, do? That's dude, got a story, you, you know? You know how many people he banged at camp? Oh, my God. Dude, camp Crutches, is so cool. They, you'd have weird names like that. Crutches Kid. We had Crutches Kid. That was Crutches was, Kid. Yeah, his name, we called him Crutches because he, he came to camp with Crutches. Like, yeah. Dude, if you have anything I'm, going on with you and you come to camp, you're fucked yeah, nickname-wise. Yeah. There was this kid that wore a whistle one day, and then I called him Whistle Bandit. Stuck all summer. Yeah. Hey, Whistle Bandit's over there. His real name was Cody. I remember that very well. Yeah. Dude, camp, if you, yeah, if you get a bad nickname, day one forget yeah. about it everyone's calling you fish or whatever it is for the rest of the week but i think there was such a, a level playing field one of the things that i because like uh i didn't realize how like i didn't realize that people came from like well-off backgrounds or not it just seemed like everybody was on the same playing field i was like friends with this girl for years and then I finally went to her house, and I was like, I didn't know you were fucking rich. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. she was like, I didn't know you were poor. I mean, she was like, actually, I'm just kidding. Thank of course, everyone knows you're poor. She was like, if you're freaked out, imagine how bummed out I am. Hang out with your broke ass. Just rude. Even Crutch's kid was talking shit about you. Yeah. It's like all week, he's been like the weird Crutch's kid in the last day. He's like, oh, his dad drives a Range Rover? Fuck. Oh, man. He's a quarterback? Oh, shit. <laughs> we should have known there was a story behind that injury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, you know, the, the rapper John Stamps. Have you heard I him? do not know the rapper John Stamps. Yeah. Rapper, local rapper John Stamps, very good. But uh, I was his camp counselor. Oh, for real? Yeah, and I had to, like, discipline him when he was a, a bad boy. Okay, what do you mean by discipline? <laughs> I mean, I was like, I don't know, you're in trouble. Do you want to hear a wild one? So at my wow. camp, I taught this class called Musical Fusion. It was based on the movie The School of Rock. 
we just get like a bunch of kids like one will play bass one play drums one plays guitar make a little band make a song whatever we were doing that one time and whenever a kid was shy I would just be like okay you're a background singer or you're playing like auxiliary percussion like give them a maraca whatever mm-hmm. we had this girl that came to camp and she was in my music class and I don't remember this but I guess she was really shy and I just had her like be like a background singer whatever the next year she went on America's Got Talent got like second place mm-hmm. She was called, like, the Taylor Swift, like, younger voice of a generation. Wow. Like, she has this amazing, incredible singing voice, and she plays ukulele, and she was just shy on day one. So I was like, cool, we're giving you a shaker. You can get in the background there, Grace. Yeah, and she's, like, massive now. I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever, what is that called, fridging somebody? <laughs> I've never fridged somebody like that. It was, I felt like a big dummy. I <laughs> felt very stupid. Uh I feel like that's somebody that comes like takes you on like Jenny Jones years later and is like, and that's the guy he gave me the shaker and said I couldn't sing good. And then yeah, I'm like the bad guy in her story. <laughs> He's the person that inspired me. It's like the the guy that didn't say that Michael Jordan was good enough for his high school basketball team. And so for the rest of his life, he's hated, like, Coach Larry Davidson, and no one knows who he is. That motherfucker. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so you are one of very few professional broadcasters that have come in here uh, to our studio. Uh, we were talking off mic uh, earlier about, like, your cr- – I, I say crazy schedule. It's not crazy. You just get up probably two hours earlier than most people. Yeah. But you're on the radio Monday through Friday. Yeah, Monday to Friday, 6 to 10. And so I try to go to bed by like 9.30 if possible. Uh, if I have like a really great, like perfect for me is I'll like start getting stoned after dinner. And I'm like in bed, like not ready for bed, in bed, in bed, 8 p.m. That is like a dream night for me. And then wow. getting like a guaranteed eight yeah. hours, maybe a little change after that. Oh, love it. Which also that's like the thing like bragging about how early you wake up is a very lame thing to do. Yeah. But it's also, it's, it's all like, uh, there's been like a few, I mean, uh, I haven't even gotten to the point where I go do like local radio or anything like that, but like I had a food truck mm-hmm. and I've been on the uh, news more for like the food truck and it'd always be like, yeah, come on in here at 7am. I'm like, I don't think you understand this food truck can't go on the interstate. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like we got to take the long way. So like I would have to get up at four to get the food truck ready. To, to get it up there. And then I go in and it's everyone's just like, you know, it's 730 in the morning. Everyone's just like, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah. And I'm like, I just, my, my brain is bleeding right now. Like, I'm not used to being up this Dude, early. Dude, we love guys. This guy, Kostaki Kanoopoulos, really funny comedian. He calls in uh, around like 8 a.m. our time, but he's calling in from L.A. Mm. So he's waking up at 4 a.m. for a 20-minute radio appearance. <laughs> and everyone's like, da 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 like, yeah. We're all going. We're crazy. We've been up for hours and had our coffee. And he's like, got to meet us at our level because we're yeah. so nuts. Do you ever get uh, comics in there that are just that <laughs> struggling? <laughs> that are just like, So we have not had anybody in studio in the last year. Oh, yeah. Except for sense. Greg Hahn and Greg Warren. Um, but we just haven't have, have people in studio because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Because it's just tricky, and even when people do come in now, they're like in a different studio, and they're zooming in for or whatever. They're not actually in the room with us. But I, I have only heard horror stories of yeah. comedians that couldn't wake up early, things like that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit too new to see that, but I'm sure it's, it's happened a million times. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't wait to. I can't wait to do some sort of early news as a comic to try to promote myself, like. Dude, it is weird. And also, like, the part of your brain, like, the filter part of your brain isn't there when you wake up. And so mm-hmm. you have to really actively turn it on so you don't say the F word 
when you know some sweet lady is driving to her job at six in the morning and then some dumb idiot who hasn't developed a filter yet is like yeah i'm fucking tired you yeah. know i can't do that are you guys on any kind of delay as for uh there's like a seven second delay basically so if somebody says something bad two people or one of two people has to push a button and then it basically just skips to live and then it they slowly even it out mm. and i have never one time i said jerk off which you're not allowed to say <laughs> but nobody reported it was fine jerk off oh my god is that a there's that a fine involved in that um, it's, so it just depends. So basically, there's not like a, a regulating committee. From what I understand it, it's the FCC, but someone needs to call in and complain to the FCC. Mm. It's not like anybody is waiting there ready to you know mess you yeah, up. Yeah, listening every day. Like, exactly. He's a jerk off. The biggest that you can get in trouble the most, if it's like, if someone's doing an ad read for something, and they're just like, hey, we're talking about this, you know, Razor company, and mm. then someone like says shit. Like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> That's when you can get in trouble when there's advertisers around. Yeah, that part is tricky, man. Just waking up and being like, don't ruin someone's morning. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I never feel like I'm a person that curses that much until it's like, hey, do some clean comedy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, man, I guess I do have a lot of, there's some landmines in there. You're being like, oh, yeah, I have that joke about the school bus. Oh, no, that's to say fucking that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why am I saying the F word <laughs> in a joke about school buses? <laughs> That is one good thing. It makes you analyze your own your own stuff to be like, do I really need to be cussing here? Do I yeah. really need to do it there? Because for me, it's just a, a crutch. If I'm riffing yeah. and someone hasn't laughed for long enough, I'll just, fuck, you know, I just throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for me, sure. for me, it's like too. It's like anytime when you say clean comedy, though, I feel like that's huge. That's a huge open. Like it's very subjective. You know, like some people say clean comedy and they have a very religious lens on it. They're like, okay. No curse words and no taking the Lord's name in vain. And there's some people that are just like, you just can't say. Like, I went to a black room, and it was just like, you couldn't say, the, you couldn't blaspheme, and you couldn't say motherfucker. You could say any other version of fuck. Yeah. But they just didn't want you to say motherfucker, they didn't want you to say goddamn. Yep. I had a place that was a PG-13 clean show. And me and my buddy Colin were going to do it, and I thought of this great line that was, hey, this show's PG-13, so I can already say fuck, and I already said it. I can only say <laughs> fuck once, and I already said it. That was the joke. Yeah. And then I walked into like the booker. It's like 3 p.m. We're in Nashville at Third Coast Comedy Club. That plays rules. And then I just see this like 10-year-old kid walk in, and like another like a 12-year-old and like an 8-year-old brother walk in. And I turned to the booker, Micah, and I'm like, hey, can I say? And I like, told her the opener. She's like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> just, just don't do jokes. Don't cuss and don't talk about drugs. That's all that means. And then I still probably got nervous and cussed and talked about drugs. So, yeah. We were at a – I was at a, a club open mic a couple weeks ago, and one of the comics is 17-year-old kid. Sure. And he just brings in all of his friends. One, I didn't know you could be 17 and go into the comedy clubs. But so he brings in like seven 17 year olds. They're all very excited to see his friend. And then the first open micer goes up there and he's just like talking about coochie. And he's like, hey, everyone, who's been getting coochie in here? You've been getting coochie? You've been getting. And he's just pointing to these children. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, he doesn't know that they're children. Oh. And like, he's just like, ah, you giving up the coochie? I'm like, don't ask her if he's giving up the coochie. <laughs> And then I just keep watching comics go up, and everything is just like, fuck, and sexually charged, and I'm like, just don't do it. And then finally one comic went up there and was like, you guys know this are children, right? Like, you can't. <laughs> well, then it's like, do, do you want to be the guy that tells everybody they're children? Because then, <laughs> then everyone, it's a precedent's been set. So, yeah, man, that is a nightmare. So there's no winning in that. Um, what, uh, how, how long have you been uh, broadcasting? 
Uh, so just for the last year, really, I came down here. Uh, I like just finished grad school, and then basically Chick McGee from the show, The Sports Guy, was sick. He was out, so I went in to fill in for him. And then they thought he wasn't gonna like be back in a week, mm. and so he was here, and I, we were both in studio basically. And I was just like there for backup just in case. But then it worked pretty well. I wasn't stepping on anybody's toes too much. It uh, went okay. So I've been in indie for the last year, year and a little change. Okay. Since like I think like June, the first week of June, twenty twenty. And that's also crazy. Is like this like major life shift ha- happened during COVID. Yeah. So it's just you know it's it's co- so everything changed so rapidly, and that's like yeah sure I'll. Live in Indian broadcast every day, no problem over here. So you haven't, you haven't got to experience what it was like pre-COVID. Like you didn't get like, the, like you said, like the guests coming in the studio. And I like, haven't had like guests coming in the studio. I haven't had like live events. There used to be like big Bob and Tom tour stuff where it'd be you and some other comics going to all these cities where the show is and having like a lot of fun. Mm. And we've done like we did one event. We did a benefit to actually send kids back to my old summer camp at the <laughs> Irvington Theater like a month ago. Nice. And it was great. And we raised a bunch of money and had great comics. But I have not had like the full effect of having live days and live shows and having comics in. But hopefully things will get back to normal more and more. And I'll get Puking more Puking at stuff. the track on Carb Day. Was yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely, I, I got to do a live day event at the, uh, at the track for the 500. And it was awesome. I like got there super early and I made a call in. And right when I started to call in, a marching band with like bagpipes and massive drums started walking past me. So I had to like jog away. I was like, hey, you guys, I'm sorry I got to march away real quick. There's a marching band coming through. You had a little puppy issue there. <laughs> See, you just explode sometimes. <laughs> That's a thing that happens. That this probably doesn't happen on the Bob and Tom show, does it? No, no this dogs allowed in the building. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Some things you don't experience. This is a little landmine to jump around. No, this is a top tier dog you guys have here. I this mean, is a real nice dog. I'll, I'll be honest. Like the sneezing is like I'll take sneezing. It's, it's the farting. The, it's the farting. Yeah. Like just like he said, the, sometimes the fart will be so bad because like Dyke feeds his dog human food. Like sure. he cooks the food. Like and it smells in the house when like he's. Oh wait, should we do that? Should I do the sort of mean thing that I did earlier when I was hanging out and I thought your dog had a piece of wood in his mouth and <laughs> I go, "Hey, is that dog chewing on a piece of wood?" And he goes, "No, those are the yucca fries." Yeah, and I felt the like first such piece of food. That's, that's what we're eating. I felt so rude. I thought it was like a weird new agey dog chew toy. I yeah. thought it was like a like sage or some sort of wood <laughs> that was is good for his teeth or whatever. And then I just instead was very rude about the food that you were graciously serving me. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about the food at all. We, we <laughs> you know, having so much fun talking about well, camp. When he says that your wood looks like chew toys, <laughs> our food looks like chew toys. It like, was the meanest thing I could have said. It was the it was the worst thing I could have said in this room. It was amazing. <laughs> it was because uh, I just got done busting his balls in the kitchen about the texture of the fries. And they were delicious. They and, were, then, and then I walk out to you thinking that they're chopped wood. They were so. And I'm like, yep, that tracks. They were so good, and that makes what I said so much meaner. Is that they were so delicious. Um, so yeah, so I don't, so I wanted to do Cuban food. I had, it had nothing to do with you really, except for, um, Miami, a vague Miami connection. Uh, no, I wanted to do Miami food. And then I wanted here, I wanted to do Miami food and I was like, okay, obviously there's going to be some Cuban in like influence in that. And then I asked you, uh, is there any food allergies or anything you don't like? And you said you didn't like certain seafoods, but you didn't elaborate. I'm I'm really I like love uh, shrimp. I like like tuna and mahi mahi. I like a lot of sushi. But when things are too fishy, like for me, salmon yeah. can be so hit or miss. Sure, my dad makes salmon on the grill, well seasoned. I'm all the way in. 
Whenever I get salmon at restaurants, I almost never like it. Never like sure. Um, but I, I don't like to be restrictive. And whenever I go to a, like a place that serves seafood, I always get seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it's just if I had the choice, those and then funky cheeses are weird. Like a okay. blue cheese is a little yeah, weird. Yeah. A goat cheese is a little weird. I see. I I usually tend to only enjoy seafood when I'm somewhere near the sea. Absolutely. I'm just like yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> but Absolutely. Like, in Indiana, I'm always like a little bit weird about it. But I was going to do Miami food, and I'm looking at all these, and it's all the seafood. And I was like, fuck it, we're just doing Cuban food. (laughs) Well, Cubano, that was crazy. The two kinds of pork that were on there were so good. The bread, the bread was so, like, uh, buttery and soft. It was just perfect. I was super into that. Thank you. I called one of the... Go ahead. I called one of those things a pate. Yeah. And I was, like, very uh, violently corrected. And that wasn't a pate, was it? Well, I, th- I I think the disconnect is because it, it, that's what uh, a meat pie is called in Haiti, right? You Correct. S- you said that. Yeah. But anywhere else, pate is like a like a, a meat, like a forced meat. Oh, okay. So I've like, had pate on like a bon mi, on like the sandwich, yeah. you like rub it on there. Real good. Real good. Mm. But uh, yeah, the empanadas basically. So Empanadas. That, they, that's one of those things is like I think they have it almost in every culture, like some sort of meat that's covered in bread. Sure, the hot pocket. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so it's either a pate if you're in Haiti or a hot pocket if you're Jim Gaffigan, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wherever you're at. And then, uh, uh, and then, oh, and then Bridget Haran came back. We haven't seen Bridget Haran in a while. She came back and made a, I I was just like, can you do a key lime pie, but not a pie? I was like, I don't care what, just make it like a take on a key lime pie. So she made like a key lime pie uh, trifle. And it was really good. I've I've been trying to eat better and not eat like sugar and carbs and stuff. But like Sunday's my cheat day, so I was like, I will take that trifle. Dude, that was so good. And I'm usually not a key lime guy. I have like gotten in like argument because my dad loves key lime pie. It's just not my thing. And I just shut up because I knew it would be delicious. And I ate it, and it was super delicious. It I was really light. It was very light. Uh, like usually, like key lime can be super tangy, and yeah. I was just like, it was like just enough to know, hey, I'm here. Key lime's here. And they, it can be like really gelatiny, and a gelatiny uh, texture can kind of freak me out in a dessert. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. You like, yeah, do you not like tapioca? I like tapioca. Dude, I'm kind of, I kind of have no integrity when it comes to my, like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think it's just like weird things that happened to me with a kid, and then I got thrown off. Like, for the longest time, I didn't like mayo or sour cream, but I loved ranch. Mm. And then I had a friend that was like, hey, by the way, like, there's obviously there's differences, but... Mayo and ranch are pretty close to each other. A lot of people will make ranch by like putting putting dill and mayo or whatever. Like I think that you probably do like it. And then I tried it and I was like, oh yeah, I do like it. I just got too much, you know, sour cream in a burrito when I was a kid. I got like the only sour cream bite, and then that terrified me for the rest of my life. <laughs> or I got the the chicken salad with a weird kind of mayo I didn't like, and then it ruined yeah. it. But I'm trying to go out of my comfort zone. And the last two times, I keep trying to try salmon again. I think I'll like it, and that's the one that I just it will not crack. Are you? Uh, this is a total change of topic. Uh, are you? How are you around celebrities? Are around. you cool as a cucumber? Do you get like fanboy? I don't. I haven't met that many celebrities. Um, I've met like I one time when I was in Chicago. Roy Wood Jr. used to come into the studio a lot when I was a kid, and then he was back in Chicago, and I was like just too drunk, and I kind of made a fool of myself in front of the <laughs> Laugh Factory. I was like, "Hey, Roy, I knew you. I was a kid in the green room, Bob and Tom. You know, like whatever I say." He's like, "Yeah, man, good to see you." Like just like violently smoking a cigarette, like ashing it on him, probably. 
But I haven't met too many like wildly, wildly famous people. Yeah. When I met uh, Tom Allen, the IU coach, I'm not that big a fan of IU football, but I just love him. Yeah. And he has a very cool Twitter presence. And I met him at the track, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. I was like, oh, you're the man. <laughs> you're super cool. Hey. <laughs> I'm trying, but I try. I don't know if I've met like that many like. I've never met like a super, super famous person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when I was a kid, I would meet certain celebrities like Carlos Menzia or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of freaking out because I was in seventh grade. It was before the whole, so funny, by the way, think of it now that Joe Rogan outed Menzia. Yeah. And that was like a whole yeah. thing. And now everyone is like pissed at Joe Rogan for some reason. It's great that the comedy community always has somebody to be pissed off at. I really enjoy that. Yeah. There's probably Earth too, where like Carlos Menzia is still the biggest comedian ever. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Joe Rogan's the guy from the... He did news radio, so right? Yeah. P- parallel did, universe. Yeah, yeah. Like he did news radio, and then we never heard from him yeah. ever again. There's a place where Mind of Mencia is on its 18th season <laughs> right. and has done two movies. That guy from Fear Factor never made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy from Poor news guy. radio. What the hell's a podcast? Yeah, yeah, in that world. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a weird world. But I have been like, you know, like one time like Lewis Black called in, and I was just like sitting in the studio, but I just kind of shut up. Like they have a whole show going on. Yeah. I take the back seat. I'm not going to. One time Rich Eisen called in. Do you guys know him? He's like a sports broadcast guy, no, ESPN I don't guy, know about NFL Network. Rich Eisen called in, and I was sitting in on the interview, and I just thought I was like, hey, I'll have one thing to add. He went to school at Northwestern, Northwestern's in Evanston, Illinois, where my favorite chicken wings in the world are, a restaurant called Buffalo Joe's. And so we called Rich Eisen, and we're talking about like sports stuff the whole time. And at the end of the interview, I'll be like, oh, I'll do a little cute little fun question. I was like, hey, Rich, when you were at Northwestern, did you ever go to Buffalo Joe's? He was like, nope, I went to the downtown Chicago campus, never went up there ever, don't even know what the restaurant is. And I was like, great, I'm going to lay back from now on. I don't need to add my two cents that much. I think it's, you're like obviously into sports, but like I was talking to Ryan Neal Miller because I'm like, I love comedy. Like I, I love comedy, so I tend to, especially when I first started getting into comedy, I would get very excited over people who were just, not famous at all, but just like, hey, like, wow, I heard you do this. Thing. Oh, my God, I love it. And he's just like, you just got to curb that. He's like, you can be excited about sports people or you can be excited about, you know, actors or whatever, but you, you just got to be cool around comics or you're not going to – you're just going to weird people out. And totally. I was just like, all right, that's great advice. But then I was just like, I don't know any sports people. Like, mm-hmm. I had uh, – I used to work at a strip club and uh, – we had uh, a rule that there was like a, a rule there was no white tees allowed. I was the bouncer, and uh, the first day of the new rule, they were like, "You'll get fired if you let someone in with a white tee." It was a very racist rule to keep black people out. Sure, yeah, you see, um, you'll see that being like, "Yeah, the only sports we play are hockey." It's like, yeah. okay, we get it. Everyone knows what you're doing. By the way, there. Pat. This uh, middle of the day, this this big black guy comes in with like the cleanest white tee ever. And I'm just like, ah, now I have this awkward conversation with this guy. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I'm real sorry. Like, do you have another shirt in your car? I can't let you know. It's just a white tee. And he's sitting there, la- like, smiling at me. And he goes, uh, he goes, are you sure about that? And he pulls out this, like, Visa card. And it's, like, bedazzled with, sure. like, jewels and shit on it. Hologram <laughs> shit I've never fucking not, seen like, before. It must be clear. It's, like, a nice, it's not like he bedazzled it himself. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, not no, like, no, it came, check out my credit. He's, like, a, yeah. a chase it, dead yeah, <laughs> it came with, like, emeralds encrusted in it <laughs> and a hologram. And uh, it's a Dominic Rhodes. Oh. And I go... I don't know dick all about sports, but I know the name Dominic Rose. And I go, um, hold on a second, sir. And then I go as my manager. I was like, 
hey, there's a black guy out here with a white tee. And they were like, you tell him to fuck off. And I was like, no. Uh, it's Dominique Rhodes. He goes, you let Dominique Rhodes in right now. I got Dominique Rhodes in right now. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know how racism works here. Well, dude, like not knowing how racism works, I talked to a headliner that was like, yeah, I was Twitter friends with Roy Hibbert. And this is like in 2003. Like the Pacers had this guy, Roy Hibbert. He was incredible. Uh, was bad in the playoffs occasionally. And people ended up hating. But he was awesome, right? Everybody in Indiana loved him. And he was trying to come. Uh, to watch, he was, Roy Hibbert was trying to come to watch the show, and the club owner didn't let him in because she was just like, nope, just some random guy. Which is so crazy, by the way, that there's this effect of racism be like, we don't like them yeah. unless he's famous. He's yeah, good. Right. Bring famous. that one in. Yeah, man, that is yeah. that. I mean, Shitty. honestly, like what, while we're talking about, like that's how it is in Haiti. Like it's an all black country sometimes, and like it's it's all about money. Yeah, unless you're on the Dominican Republic half. Is that the joke there? I don't know. Sorry, I have a racist guy laughing. <laughs> he, he, can't, he can't handle it when you say all black for some reason. His name's Chris King. <laughs> Call him out, yeah. The reason, yeah. reason why he's not on the show anymore because <laughs> of his blatant racism. Because <laughs> the bl- word black tickles him. Uh, <laughs> what color is that car? Every, say time say I, every time I say it, he laughs a little harder. And you can hear him in the back. Background. He's a maniac. <laughs> maniac. Um. Anyways, like, I, I, like we would like go to this like hotel in Haiti, and there's like this big club, and like, like there's like the good food there, sure. and like there's like people like it's just it's, it's insane. Um. But like if you drive there, like they'll let you in. But if you have a motorcycle, that's lower class. So they won't let you in, and like it's like, like guys, we're all black. <laughs> like, 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 I should not feel this like, right now because I'm like, I'm like, hey, I, I have to meet some clients in there. They're like, no, like, like show some ID. I'm like, like, listen, like, like call back there, like Thaddeus McKee. I, I'm taking a moto because it's cheaper sure. than than driving. And, and they're like, all right, and then like check back, like, okay, you can go in. But like, if I had a car. Dude, this is, story. I mean, this is just a subject that I'm not going to weigh in on at all. I, I cannot talk about the nuances of race and classism <laughs> in Haiti. No way I can add anything to this conversation. Like, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, we should have this conversation. People should have this conversation. I'm just saying, like, racism, like, comes in all different forms. And, like, but then it goes into class, like, deeply. So Sometimes anyways. racism transcends race. There we go. See, I'm glad I didn't say something dumb like that. <laughs> why do you think we don't say his last name? <laughs> yeah, that, that is the reason why we don't say his last name. We signed a clause. Oh, my God. Can you drop a beat for me there? Yeah. Yeah. This is the freestyle portion. No, I'm just kidding. Perfect. I'm ready. One, two, or three. <laughs> uh, Willie, where can people find you, follow you, keep up with you on social media, everything you're doing? I am on Twitter, at uh, Willie Griswold, and Instagram, Willie Doc Griswold. Uh, yeah, that's everything. Daddy's Jake. Uh, I am at uh, LinkedIn as uh, Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like the LinkedIn drop. Uh, no, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, uh, backslash Harder Brunch. Uh, you know what I found? I don't understand why it's so difficult. You can also just Google Harder Brunch Patreon. It comes right up. Oh, okay. Yeah, sweet. It's a little cheat code there for you, Zach. Easy. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Patreon. Uh, make sure to come out this Tuesday, Helium Comedy Club, 8 p.m. I will be in the India's Funniest Competition. Come out and support... Or just vote against me. Just rage vote against me. You know, whatever you want to do. 
Uh, Willie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for all the delicious food. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hell yeah.